My name is Dave. And my name's Craig. And we are Guardian Heroes. This one is my pick, and Guardian Heroes was developed by Treasure, uh, the good old boys at Treasure, and it was released in 1996 on the Saturn, and then later it was released in 2011 on Xbox Live Arcade, which is where I played it because God help you if you need to get your hands on a Saturn. So, <laughs> Craig. Yes. We are not what one would call beat em up boys. No, no, we are not. As proven by the uh, Streets of Rage episode earlier in the year, I think we can safely say that it takes a special beat-em-up and a special game to merit any sort of positive commentary from us, because that, <laughs> although yes. I remained on the fence, it was a bit of a slaughterhouse. Um, a slaughterhouse five, as per a earlier conversation we were having. So, uh, yeah, you remained on the fence, but in our heart of hearts, we both went... Well, this is boring. So, I decided to pick Guardian Heroes because, to me, this was one of the best of the genre. Uh, we personally have had a hit and miss kind of relationship with Treasure. Uh, we both loved Alien Soldier, and then everything else we were kind of like, eh, eh, eh. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, Treasure... To you, like, uh, I remember when we were talking Sin and Punishment, I, th I think we discussed it. Treasure is not a name for you where you will sit up and take notice when a treasure mm. game is... No, it, it never it never was. It maybe still wouldn't be if they were still punting things out. I just I just think, I'd, I see Treasure now and I'm just like, it's probably going to be good, but I'm not actively seeking... There's more good than bad in their back catalogue, like, that's not... No, yeah, yeah, like, like they're definitely one of the, if not prolific, one of the big boys of the pre, what, let's say, Xbox era. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, mean, so go ahead. highlights McDonald's Treasure Land Adventure on the on the Mega Drive is just that's probably their best work. And, and see, just... I'm, I'm very much a uh, Hajime no Ippo. The fighting! Exclamation <laughs> mark. Uh, have you ever played a Hajime no Ippo game? No. no. Okay. All right. All right. So without Googling, Craig, and we're off track already, what do you think, what genre is that game? Hajime no Ippo. The fighting! Oh. Exclamation mark. Um, well, Hajime no... A fighting, a fighting game? Like maybe oh. I, I'm I'm thinking a fighting game with multiple characters and RPG mechanics and uh, you know maybe different fights. So maybe sometimes you're boxing, sometimes your your sword play. I, I'm covering all bases oh. here, Dave. If if you you just kept it to sometimes you're boxing, you'd have been really. It is a boxing game based on a boxing anime. All right, uh, it plays a lot like a heavier hitting punch out. Okay. We might actually do a game 
sometime in the future. They're interesting games. All right, so um, that is what we think of Treasure. Uh, sometimes good, sometimes bad. There you go. What do we think of Guardian Heroes? And if you will excuse me, I will explain what Guardian Heroes is. So Guardian Heroes is an evolution of the beat-em-up genre. Uh, this is what happens when you take Final Fight, you take Streets of Rage, you take Ninja Turtles, Alien vs. Predator, whatever, and go, eh, we could probably make this a little more complex. And that's what happens. Uh, this introduces lanes into fighting, and that is not a freely scrollable screen that you're on. You very much have three distinct lanes, and you have to move between them to either dodge attacks, attack enemies, things like that. Uh, this also introduces things like combos and juggling and bouncing to people in the air and then hitting them up there. It has a magic system that is very risk-rewardy. And it also introduces stats. So if you like to be a sword-wieldy beat-em-up guy, you can do that. Even if you pick a magic character. Um, Craig, you have exactly all the history in the world with this game, I would imagine. Oh, so much history. The amount of history I have would not fit in this podcast. <laughs> um, no, obviously, no history whatsoever. There are things that I've said this year that I would now retract based on the fact that I have now played this game. And, um, yeah, glad I played it. Oh, God, that, that sounds like Final Thoughts, but I'm not meaning that in a Final Thoughts, you know, like, no. theming. Um, but well, yeah, how did no you play this first? Uh, on, on my PlayStation, on a Sega, on my PlayStation, that is a lie, on my PC, on a Sega Saturn emulator. Oh, okay, so you went for the, the as close to authentic as you could get. Yeah, um, like, I think it, it was um, my good friend Ian put me on to, if there's ever a Saturn release of a game, go and try and play the Saturn release just because there'll be something about it that's either cool or special or there'll be something somewhere. So I kind of tried to maintain that. It doesn't come up very often, but I try my best. No, the, the, there wasn't a lot released on the Saturn that's stood the test of time in terms of like re-releases. Not a lot gets re-released off there. But there are a lot of funky, cool, unique games on the Saturn. Mainly because it turns out when a company is in its death throes, um, no. it, it, it throws everything it can at the wall to see what sticks. So, yeah, that, there's a lot of interest. The only problem is Saturns are miserable to get your hands on in good working order because they had tendencies to break. Just did. Okay, so, Guardian Heroes. First off, who did you play as? And I don't need names, you know, just like Wizard Man, Swordy like, Guy. Like, de de default Swordy Guy. Like, there was a Sword Guy that just, it, there was Fireballs and Sword play. Okay, all right. Fireballs and swordplay available at your local bookseller. Uh, <laughs> What's I chose, his name? <laughs> I, I think it's Han, like like the guy on the okay. cover. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I chose the the wizard boy, which was one over from him. But I'm surprised you didn't go the dual wielded guy. That's all like I have daggers. Ha ha. And I... stabs people. Okay, so like my full disclosure, apart from the fact that I've never really had much history in this. I played so much of I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream and a couple other games that I only played a small amount of this and I went into it with a rather uh, bad outlook. 
So I mashed through the menu screen to get to the character select and just picked some. I didn't put too much thought into it because I didn't realise it was going to be as deep. You realise very quickly, because you've got a sword, that it's not just punch. Like, I think punching irritates me. So Streets of Rage is punching. So I didn't realise there was going to be a bit more depth to this when I first started. Okay. Um. So for you... Just the idea of adding weapons adds interest. Yeah, adding weapons adds interest. I think, I think, like, f- combat mechanics-wise, punching and kicking have never... I've always bounced off that. Like, I would always rather play, which we call it, Yoshimitsu game. Hoppacha! Uh, Tekken? No. Soul Calibur? Okay. Soul Calibur, I'd rather play Soul Calibur or something like that than a punchy Street Fighter. And I would rather play this now than a Streets of Rage because punching and kicking, just I just don't know what it is about doing that. It just rubs me the wrong way. You know, it's so stupid. I hate fighting games. I hate them. Well, well that's quite all right. I hate adventure games. So this is, we are now even. Um mm. Okay, so there's a couple interesting things about this. Number one is I hope that your thumbs are awful nimble because this uses every damn button mm-hmm. on the controller. Uh, even playing, uh, I played this on Xbox One, you know, backwards compatibility. Yep. And even with a modern controller, this is like, wait, so I have to hold this, hit this, hit this. Uh, this uses a lot of buttons. I think, like most treasure games, much like, you know, Alien Soldier. If you can grok the controls, you're halfway there to enjoying the game. Yeah, big biggest challenge of the day was a um, GameCube control, a GameCube, a Saturn controller, mapped to a keyboard. <laughs> I that's that's a lot of buttons, Craig. <laughs> it, was, it was not pretty. I, I, I mean, I managed to be mostly effective, but I imagine I didn't take full advantage of any special moves or combos or like a, a, it would have been a more basic play play of the game uh all right so um i finished it uh, well no i didn't finish it finish it I, I got to the end of the story path i chose right like mm-hmm. you fought an end boss i believe there are six different end bosses depending on what choices you make and how you do them uh, which is another thing that I think this brings uh, from the old Capcom D&D games where it's like, do you want to go to the forest or should we forge a path through the city kind of thing. I, I think for me that always adds a lot of um, replay value to something that is arguably meant to be replayed multiple times. Um, I imagine you didn't pay attention to the story and I am perfectly fine with that because it is, by golly, the most 90s anime thing in existence, if you are into 90s anime, you should definitely check out Guardian Heroes. Everything from the portraits to the voice acting to just the music. Oh my gosh, the mm-hmm. music, Craig. Yeah. Oh, that I, takes me back to being a kid. I, like, of note in this, I pretty much, most of my affection now was in the music. Like, I liked playing the game and stuff, but it's such a good soundtrack from starting up the game to getting into the first level to just and even the like character select such good tunes like it, so it high energy midi it's great yeah, it, it genuinely blows something like streets of rage out of the water when it comes to the music and then the the bit for me that sealed the deal on why i think it's great 
sorry, I'm slightly sidetracking, was the lanes, lanes stop. So you prefer that? Yep, a hundred, a hundred million billion percent the the days of diagonally walking into enemies and maybe hitting them are over having lanes builds an actual game structure and mechanic to it that just really works for me and it's not as it, i mean streets of rage isn't random and chaotic it's just you're never quite sure if a punch is going to land or whether you're punching the knee or whether you're not punching at all this is yeah just like that sprite depth problem yeah. yeah, this this is clear cut. You mash some keys or buttons if you're playing it normally, and you jump into the air, do a fiery sword attack in a lane that you know you're gonna hit the person, and it's it it makes it much more playable to me. To me. No, I don't know. No, no, that, that that's a fair point. I, I I don't know like honestly I'm up in the air whether I prefer lanes or not. This does, like you said, stop it from becoming a side saddle adventure where everybody's mm-hmm. just like scooching towards each other. But on the same token, I don't think the lanes would work if you didn't have a block system. The fact that this has a block button really adds a lot to it because let's be fair. These things can be completely unfair. Like I, I was running into a level 47 area while I'm like 29. And I'm like, well, that's not great. Um, I think that's that's the thing though that's this game to me screams it's the closest to a fighting game that I would like to play because in in a lane with a block mechanic it's basically a fighting game it's it's simpler than yes. it's not you it know, was it's marketed basic- as a fighting RPG oh oh well then well there that's exactly what I'm trying to say then <laughs> so it's it's got the best bits it's got the flexibility in RPG into a fighting game mechanic that also takes away the bits of the Streets of Rage brawling that I don't like. So it kind of smooshes those two things together epically well. I also would like to point out it is quite fast-paced. This is Mm -hmm. not something you will play leisurely. You will constantly have to be on your toes because things are flying everywhere, especially when you're playing four-person co-op. It gets bonkers. Yeah, it, it, it's really cool if you manage to play a full game of... I think it's four players of Guardian Heroes. Um, one thing I'd like I, to talk about is... Ooh, yep. go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, just like curiosity, but in the options, I did notice there was settings for dip switches and stuff like that. So, But this was on the Saturn version. There was dip switch settings. And my ignorance is obviously shown here, but does that mean it was originally an arcade game that somehow came console or what's the story behind that all right so definitely not googling to double check what i was going to dispel without i mean google it and then we'll cut out this bit obviously all right yeah it, it, it it doesn't look like it was released on any arcade systems but i always think of uh dip switches as a very japanese thing like i and sega being super arcadey to me that wouldn't raise an eyebrow okay so it's it is a home release of a home game and dip switches are their terminology for flicking about settings yeah they're like yeah um i can't say i noticed that on xbox but that may have been changed a little bit going forward 
Um, so yeah, good eye, by the way. I'm glad you played the actual Saturn version, because I have no PC that could run a Saturn version, even though it's, you know, it should, but it don't. Oh. The Saturn's the, maybe the worst to emulate now. It, it is rough. Yeah, I've nailed the N64. The N64, when we played uh, Sin and Punishment, I struggled with N64 in, at points, but now my N64 is perfect and the Saturn's kind of there, so I'm, I'm nearly there. If if I could emulate, like, PS1, 2, and God, PS3, I don't know. That would be... I would be sorted. <laughs> that shows that shows how old we are, where my brain's still like, surely you can't emulate PS3. It's like... Dave, that was two generations ago. I'm yeah. sure you can emulate it. Sorry, Sorry about that. Uh, nope, that's fine. Um, okay, so one thing I want to talk about that this does that I can't say I... Well, I think it's unique. I, I don't think any other game has done this. Is the commandable minion. Did you monkey with this at all? No, not, not in the slightest. This is one of those things where in mapping Saturn controls to a keyboard to try and figure out what I was doing. My, I, I've got this wee um, nipple, you know, like a laptop nipple. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, like with. a ThinkPad nub kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Between all of that, I was mostly mashing to figure out what was happening at key points. Um, so, no. Sorry. All right. All right. So, um, the guy that you raised from the dead, really cool character design, by the way, it basically becomes a summon. You can switch him between different modes. You can have him in, like, protect me mode and stay super close to me. You can have him do the rush ahead and you start hitting things before I get there. Like, there's, I believe, five different modes that you can have him in. And he basically just becomes a summon. I think it works super well because even when you're playing alone, you have somebody to take pressure off you, especially if you're playing as a ranged character. Um... On the subject of the ranged characters, I take it uh, Mr. Sword-Wieldy Bastion Face <laughs> didn't really monkey with magic too often. No. No, not not in the slightest. As, as I say, again, there was fireballs floating about the place. Half the time I didn't even know if it was coming from me. Um, <laughs> but it, it, as soon as I found, and oh, this is my guilty thing, but as soon as I find a few moves that work... To, that have enough of a cooldown or of a, enough of a scope where I can get someone close and someone far away, I'll just play to that and I'll move my, I'll position myself to use specific moves and really forget everything else. Uh, so you're an omni tool kind of guy. I found something that works mm -hmm. and I will try yep. to use this to the best of its abilities. Yep, yep. that's for perfectly fine. I, I made it a point to monkey around with the ma so the magic system works kind of like the way weapon switching does in Alien Soldier, where you hit a button and it opens up like a little thought bubble of your character going, hmm, what spell should I cast? And you can cycle through what you can do. But if you're, I, I guess, if you want to put the time into this, there's also shortcuts. So, so like, you could, you know, hit the magic spell button and then scroll to fireball and then hit magic spell again to cast it. Or you can hit, like, forward, down, up magic button and it does it on a shortcut. Wow. Uh, I can't remember all eight <laughs> spells, so I chose one and went forward, forward, magic button. You are my buddy, and uh, that's pretty much what I used. I that, think it works really well. Yeah, that sounds like my kind of approach to things. That sounds like customizable special moves type 
thing. Like to me, that that's like when I'm playing Street Fighter and I eventually figure out. Oh, I remember how to do a Hadoken, so I'm just going to keep on doing that. It's like that kind of thing, but you can program in what move is with what. I wish set. you could program it, but yeah, oh, yeah, is it, it just basically okay. No, it's it's not random. It's like in order to cast Fireball, you do this button sequence. To cast Lightning Pillar, you. you do this right. button sequence. Um, okay. I wish it was like all right. I want this on forward forward magic button, and I want this on up down magic. Like that would be nice. You're right. Um, but I I thought it worked okay. Uh, if you were just using the menu, it would be super clunky. But the fact that they had the forethought to add shortcut keys makes a lot of sense. Um, what about the stats, buddy? Uh, I only played a couple of levels, so I couldn't really talk too much. And the first time I hit the stat screen, I piled them all into strength, and I just kept on tracking. Like, I I love a stat screen. I think, like, stats and building up, so you get, I can't remember the terminology, if it's skill points or whatever kind of points you get, you get however many at the end, and you've got... Well, it depends on, yeah, how well you did. Yeah. So I just plowed... I don't know, like 10 points, I don't even know if that was a lot, and to strength, to see if there was any kind of caps at the end, which there's not, and it makes it, to me, it makes it much more flexible, like if you're struggling with a certain element, like you're just constantly getting hit, up your vitality, go for it, job done. Stats, stats should be in every game, No, like point and click adventure, stats. <laughs> I, I fall on the same side as you like like i like a good anytime you can customize even to a small degree your character it does mm-hmm. make you more attached to that because well this is how i play this um i went heavy into you know magic stuff so i was very glass cannony okay but the fact that i could have taken that magic character and went nah putting all your points into vitality you're a tank now buddy um does mean a lot in terms yeah. of replayability i didn't pay attention to the story much like <laughs> yourself there's something about a sword and some bad people that look like they came direct to from a direct-to-VHS anime video. Uh, and I killed some pink guys, and then I killed an angel lady, and she turned into a monster. And then I killed her. And <laughs> that's the story of Guardian Heroes. I did think it was a little weird and unique and cool that, uh, at least on my playthrough, you end up going through towns, but there's civilians around. And so you have to be careful not to actually hurt the civilians while you're fighting the knights. Oh god, I didn't even know that was a concern. That's brilliant. That it's like I've never <laughs> seen that before. That's yeah. pretty cool. Um so does the choose your own adventure system matter to you at all? Like like if this was in a final fight or a Streets of Rage or Alien vs Predator, would that add anything to you or would that yeah. just make it a little frustrating? No, no, it completely adds. Not so much, like, I'm I'm bad for, if it was that kind of game, I would only play through it once anyway. Even if there's, you know, like, maybe maybe a few times with this with the different characters, but it would add everything. Being able to choose your own way through something and being able to customise your character, it means the absolute world to me. It's, it's like the core of m- most RPGs and the most joy I get out of gaming is flexibility in how you play. You Like, from RPGs to Dishonored to whatever. Like, choose yeah. your way to play. Is, Player is exact, expression. Exa- it's exactly where I am. It's, it's It means the most. I believe we also said that on Outer Worlds. So, at least you're <laughs> yeah, consistent, <yeah. laughs> my friend. So, um... 
that's a little bit of a problem with picking this game is that problem we run into sometimes where this does a lot of really cool, interesting stuff. But at its core, it's still a beat-em-up. Like, there's not much to talk about other than you walk to the man and you hit him in the face or you throw a fireball at his face. And sometimes it's a lady, sometimes it's a plant monster. I don't know. But that's about it. So instead of trying to squeeze more out of Guardian Heroes, let's let's actually wrap it up a little early. Just because I think we talked about, unless you have more, and everything that we think makes this special. Um, no, yeah, like absolutely everything that you could capture, we've done rather succinctly. Although we're still half an hour, which is oddly a little long, long for us. Yeah, as uh, yeah, done, happy. So then. Let's get to the two questions. Mm. The Ponzi one and then the man on the street one. Yeah. All right, Craig. So what is the nugget that you can pull away from Guardian Heroes? Uh, For me, the nugget is that um, choose your own adventure, RPG, level yourself up, play your way thing. You can take that core thing and apply it to a game that has... Fighting game mechanic, battle mechanics, which I don't like. It's got beat em up, kind of, oh, I'm walking left, I'm walking right, which I don't like. And it's got knights and uh, uh, shit, you know, like swords and... High fantasy, yeah. High fantasy, which I kind of don't get on with traditionally. You can take all, you can, but you can apply that, choose your own way to do it. And it makes it so much better for me that, that I would say this is a good game. I really enjoyed this game. But I didn't. I don't like. I don't traditionally like any of the component parts of the game. Uh, okay, that's fair enough. Um, so, but uh, we can cut this. But dude, you should totally let Reese have a crack at this and see what he thinks compared to Street oh, Rage. Yeah. Okay. So uh, for me, the nugget is an incredibly superficial one, but there is nothing that will make me smile faster than '90s anime aesthetics. The hair, the voice, the faces. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. Like, as soon as that opening anime intro started, I was smiling like an idiot. <laughs> it's like, I remember this. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I really like the 90s anime aesthetic, which takes me dangerously close to, all oh, this gives me warm fuzzies. Uh-huh. So uh, this is the closest I'm going to skirt to. Boy, it was cool. Um so forgive me for not having a better nugget on that one. Now, oh, no. does this hold up in 2022? Uh, uh, oh, that's a tricky one for me. It's a difficult one because it it holds up for what it is. And I think it's now the better example of a beat-em-up-y fighting type thing I've played. But at the end of the day, it does feel a wee bit fushty in places and that 90s anime bit is a bit I will never get that was not my childhood I don't know if you knew this but that, that just was not I would have got beat up and pushed down the stairs at school for that um, oh I got beat up and pushed down the stairs until I learned <laughs> to stop mentioning it which yeah. was fairly quickly Um, so hold up in 2022 where we are I'm down on the side of yeah, but it's it's a weak yeah. It was it was fun to play, and if you like, if you've not played it before, and you like Streets of Rage, and you like fighting games, and you like RPGs, and all that, yeah, give it a bash. But it's it's on it's more on the fence for me. This one, 
Okay, so not a must play for you. No, nah, no. Um, uh, for me, again, personal qualms with beat 'em ups aside, I think this is arguably the best the beat 'em up genre has been. Like, period. There's not much that newer games do that this didn't pioneer, or if not pioneer, used to a better degree. So I would say this is a must play if you really want to play a beat 'em up and go, boy golly, they really nailed it. Um, other than that, like me personally, I might go back to this in like three or four years and go, hey, hey Guardian Heroes, look, anime stuff. Um, but no, this isn't something that re- retains playability for me. Like I played it, I beat it once. Yeah, okay, all right, I'm good. Um, if you think Streets of Rage is special, yes, play Guardian Heroes. If you think Final Fight is special, play Guardian Heroes. Um, there's a lot this does that is notable. And it's kind of sad that Treasure died. But they died. Alright. Next up, we have another game that died. Uh, but it got a sequel before it died. Uh, and that is Parappa the Rapping Dog, I believe is the name of the title there. Mm-hmm. Um... um. I, th- I think we could append that episode to this episode and be done in about four minutes. <laughs> I do believe next episode will be a brief one. <laughs> but if you have anything to say on Guardian Heroes or Parappa the Rapping Dog or <clears throat> anything we've done in the past, I'm always super curious to hear what people have to say. And if you'd like us to hit a game that you really like, you can do so at nomoresages.com. And until next time... Good luck with this one, Craig. Oh, yeah, that's this. <laughs> oh crap, that's this. But um, until next time, uh, chop, chop, wah, yeah. Oh well, you just burnt Parappa stuff. Um, oh god, I did, I did just basically do <laughs> chop, chop, block, jump. Yeah, um, crap. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. Uh, well then, until next time, dear listener, always follow that arrow that blinks to the right of you and says, go. It's good life advice. I genuinely, until a click that you were just talking about, you know, like, I thought you, that was a deep and meaningful thing you were coming out, like, maybe not deep and meaningful broadly, but I mean like, you know, fortune cookie type, always follow your heart. <laughs> Yes, always follow your blinking heart pointing to the right. (laughs)